right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the I'm in Tech podcast. My name is Shaquem Harris. I'm the founder of I'm in Tech and also the founder of this podcast. And today we're going to be talking about how we can improve the financial literacy among the black African-American indigenous population globally and specifically when it comes to building generational wealth and wealth consciousness. So if you pay attention to my style, I always start things off with a song, and that song is called Synchronized Vibration by Roy Ayers. And the reason why I chose that song is because wealth, literacy, and um, to be rich, to be prosperous, that is a frequency, a vibration that starts with your energy, that starts with your consciousness, and your subconscious beliefs about your self-worth, your value, and what you bring to this world. So that is why I chose that particular song to start this particular podcast. Now, before I get into my presentation, I want to let everybody know that we are starting a Black Literacy Book Club. And the book that I've chosen for our Black Literacy Book Club is called Wealth Choice, Secret Success Secrets to Black Millionaires by Dennis Camaro, or Kimbrough, excuse me with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And this book is an excellent book to get because it's gonna show you the different pathways that black men and black women um, up to this present day have taken to become millionaires and even billionaires. And we will start covering this book actually tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna buy the book on my Kindle, so I'm gonna be reading it from my phone and I will be highlighting it <clears throat> and discussing it here on YouTube as well as um, privately. Um, so <clears throat> just want to put that out there. If you can afford um, that book, I think you can get it for about $15 off Amazon and uh, it would definitely add a lot of value to your life. Now, with that being said, what is financial literacy? Well, financial literacy is the ability to use knowledge and skills to manage one's financial resources effectively for lifetime financial security. And let's just break that definition down, right? So financial literacy has to do with knowledge. So the reason why there is a disparity in the black and African-American indigenous population across the globe is because there is a knowledge gap. And by default, when there is a knowledge gap, there is going to be a skill gap. So skills and knowledge go hand in hand because knowledge is made for use just like money. Money is made to be put to work. So your money should be working for you 24 hours a day. Even while you are asleep, your money should be being traded. It should be being invested. It should be being measured. It should be being tracked. And you should be generating passive income even when you are asleep. And we're going to talk about passive income specifically in another show. But I thought that this definition of financial literacy was just completely succinct and definitely um, a very good summary of what financial literacy is. So when you think about financial literacy, it's so much more than just going to work. Um, I think one of the issues that I have identified just from my personal experience, um, you know, growing up in a black household and having two parents, I grew up with both of my parents. Um, one of the issues that I always had was when I wasn't, you know, necessarily doing well financially, 
um, my parents' advice was just to go work anywhere. Go work at White Castle. Go work at McDonald's. Go work at the airport. Go make $5 an hour, $10 an hour, whatever it is. And the thing about it is, you know, the biggest thing that I have learned in life, and that's to this day, the reason I'm able to make six figures and make a salary at 26 years old is because I changed my field and I got I got different knowledge and I got different skills. And I also had to work on my self-esteem because I didn't think that I was worth that much until I learned I learned the knowledge. And then I see that I'm worth even more than that. So when we talk about financial literacy, we have to talk about cash, hard cash flow. We have to talk about our savings. We have to talk about accounting. Every penny needs to be accounted for. That is the purpose of a bank statement, a financial statement, is to show you your trajectory over a period of time. Are you bringing in more money than you are spending or are you spending more money than you are making? And that is why banks are notorious. I bank with Wells Fargo, so I know um, banks are notorious for overdraft fees. They Banks make you know billions of dollars off overdraft fees because people do not budget properly and they they give their debit card they sign up for things they forget they know they have bills due every month and they don't have the money in that account and the bank will allow that money to go through bring your account into the negative and charge you a forty dollar overdraft fee and then you have to pay to get your account out the negative and pay for that overdraft fee so it's it's really about budgeting that is the key takeaway from this particular podcast and you know one thing that i will say about black people is that we do know how to budget if we want to my grandmother was a housekeeper okay and when she died she had over thirty thousand dollars saved and she never had a car she never drove she never traveled she never owned a house she never did anything but she still understood how to save so um if she could save you know being a housekeeper, working in Alabama, working in the South with um, no assistance. She wasn't married. Um, none of my grandparents, you know, on my mother's side, they weren't around to actually help her raise my mother and her four sisters. So saving, budgeting, understanding what your expenses are and then creating different funds. So there needs to be a specific fund when you want to do something. So let's say you want to start a business, right? But you have a nine to five. So you need to figure out exactly what your bills are um, to the to the penny. Um, you can pretty much predict every month your phone bill is going to cost about, for me, my phone bill is only about $60 a month. My, um, my internet is about $50 a month. My rent is $1,100 a month. My ETE is about... 150 to 200 dollars a month sometimes it's a little more or a little less um gas okay you need to know exactly how much gas you're going to be using um also um groceries you need to know okay this week i'm only going to eat out once a week or twice a week uh but sometimes when you when you don't plan your your groceries and you just eat out every day like me i'm, I'm notorious for using doordash I'm notorious for using um, Uber Eats, right? Because sometimes I don't feel like cooking at home. So that is a big thing is just limiting your wants, right? And we're going to talk about budgets because there's two approaches to budgets. So I'm going to let you decide which one you feel like is the best for you and your family. But I'm going to tell you what um, works for me. So yeah, financing, 
financing has to do with your credit. So your credit is what's going to allow you to leverage and get more money, right? So that you can make more money because it takes money to make money. So you have to monitor your credit every single day. You should have Experian. Um, Experian is really great. That's honestly the best one because every time something happens with my credit, I get an email about it and I immediately know my credit score has gone down or there's been, you know, I've missed a payment on a credit card. You need to really be on top of your credit every day. And it, it seems very meticulous, but I'll tell you personally, um, I filed bankruptcy four years ago and I had poor credit, you know, probably before that because I had student loans and I wasn't paying my credit cards and I was able to get five credit cards, which are secured credit cards, right? Just to get me started so that I could start repairing my credit. And my credit went from poor all the way from, I think, the low 500s to 620. Just after like, you know, maybe six to six to seven months. So that is something that you can do. If your student loans are in default, this is the perfect time to make an arrangement with your student loan service provider to get your loans out of default and to get that off your credit. Now, uh, we covered financial literacy and we covered, you know, all the different aspects of budgeting, counting, saving, expenses, funds, and hard cash flow. Now, when it comes to budgeting, there are two commonly used personal budgeting methods. So we have the 50-20-30 budget and we have the 70-20-10 budget. And they're very simple. And let's talk about the 50-20-30 budget. So the 50-20-30 budget is dividing the, the take-home income pay that you have after taxes. So a big mistake that people make is like, let's say I make six figures, right? I cannot base my budget off my six-figure salary because I'm still paying a large amount of taxes because I'm in a different tax bracket. So you have to actually make your budget based on your actual take-home pay after you have paid taxes, first of all, and after anything else like insurance or 401k or um, health savings accounts, anything else comes out your check, you need to actually base it on that amount. So for example, um, every two weeks, I make close to uh, $3,500. But after taxes, I may only take home around 2500 right? So that is the number that I would go with, right? So with the 50, 20, 30 plan, you're going to use 50% of your check. So let's say you bring home $1,000 every two weeks. So 50% of your check, $500 of that would go for your needs. That would include groceries or any bills that are due for that two week period and um, gas, anything you need gas for that two weeks and you know any other expenses that you may need. Let's say you need uh, to pay your water bill or you need soap, you know, underwear, laundry, those would all fall into the needs category. So literally half of your money goes straight to bills and needs. Now you take 20% of that. So if you made a thousand dollars, you would take $200 and put that in your savings. And then you would have 30%, which would be the other $300. And that would be for your wants. That would be eating out. That would be plane tickets. That would be going on dates. If you, um, let's say you smoke marijuana, that would be your weed money, or you like to drink on the weekend, that would be your alcohol money. So that is the 50, 20, 30 budget rule. Now that will work very well for young people, I think. Now let's talk about another rule, which this is the one that I found works the best for me. It is the 70, 20, 10 rule. So 
your take-home income can be divided into segments that cater to expenses. So 70% of your money goes to bills and 20% goes to savings or reducing debt. Now, the key thing about reducing debt is that would include collections or credit cards, anything, loans. So your savings and your credit cards would all fall into that 20%. And then you would take 10% of that and invest it or um, like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Mooncoin, um, Ethereum. There's all kind of cryptocurrencies. The foreign exchange market is very hot right now. And then you could also do charitable donations so that you can write off a lot of your taxes. So I'm going to do an entire show showing you how the world's richest people, the billionaires in society, they use the 70-20-10 rule because they don't pay any taxes. Even though they, they generate billions of dollars worth of revenue, they do not pay any taxes at all because they have used charitable donations. They have nonprofits and they write everything off as a tax write-off. And that is a way to really get around the tax system. So we're going to talk about how you can become a millionaire, a billionaire, or even a six-figure um, earner and pay absolutely no taxes with that 70-20-10 formula. So again, just rehashing, what is financial literacy? Financial literacy is the ability to understand and effectively use various financial skills, including personal financial management, budgeting, and investing. So it's not just about staying on a budget, right? Because we can use my grandmother as an example. She definitely was great at personal financial management and she was great at budgeting, but she had no knowledge, no skills, um, no understanding of investing, right? Um, so financial literacy is the foundation of your relationship with money. And it is a lifelong journey of learning. The earlier you start, the better off you will be because education is the key to success when it comes to money. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how bad your credit is. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't matter how much you make. You can always find different ways to get a greater return on your investment. Um, one of the things that I suggest is that everybody download Cash App and buy some stocks. Um, you can buy stocks one at a time, $5 stocks, $10 stocks, $30 stocks with Nike, Apple, um, all kinds of stocks. And, you know, there's very specific stocks that I want to focus on, but that's for another show. Okay. Now, being financially liter illiterate, the consequences of being financially illiterate is a very, very extensive damage done. It is generational. It is generational damage. Okay. So when you are financially illiterate, you are prone to eviction. You are prone to not not being able to move into the house of your dreams. You are prone to paying a car note forever. Um, you are also more likely to accumul accumulate unsustainable debt burdens, either through poor spending decisions or lack of long-term preparation. This in turn can lead to poor credit, bankruptcy, foreclosure, and other negative consequences. Okay, so we've all been there. We've all had the bills piling up. We've all been behind on rent before or car note, or we've all been threatened to be garnished before. We've all fell behind on taxes before. We've all had these issues. And the common root is a lack of long-term preparation. So there are racial gaps when it comes to financial literacy. So when categorized by racial or ethnic group, 
the data suggests that financial literacy rates are not evenly dispersed with Asian American and white test takers tending to score higher than Hispanic and black test takers. The FINRA study reported that Asian and white Americans were able to correctly answer at least 3.2 out of six questions meant to assess basic financial literacy, while Hispanic Americans were able to answer 2.6 and black Americans 2.3. Both scores are below the national average. Studies on Native American financial literacy show that these Americans have race equivalent to black and Hispanic Americans. A gap also exists between youths and adults. For instance, the 2018 PISA financial literacy results data shows that white and Asian 15 year olds have much higher financial literacy rates than blacks and Hispanic populations of the same age. So, okay, um, we are below average um, Hispanics and black Americans and Native Americans. And also it's not just the adults, it's also the teenagers and the children. So it starts from childhood. It's, it's, it's not just the older people, it's not just the adults, but it's also the young people as well. And it's very important to point that out. The TIAA Institute and the Global Financial Literacy Excellence Center released a new report documenting a financial literacy gap among African-American adults. Now this PFIN index provides a measurement for US adults readiness to make sound financial decisions. It examines financial literacy across eight common financial activities. Earning, right? Earning money, consuming, which is what you buy, saving, investing, borrowing, insuring, understanding risk, and gathering information. So those are the eight areas that the Global Financial Literacy Excellence Center and the TIAA Institute measure when it comes to financial activities. There's eight areas that we need to focus on, and I'm going to dedicate a show for each one of those particular areas. Okay, so let's read more about this particular report. So uh, with that being said, I just want to make sure my live stream is still going. Hold on. Okay, cool. It's still going. So, all right. Um, financial literacy and wellness among African-Americans. New insights from the PF Index reports that African-Americans answered 38% of personal finance index questions correctly, compared with 55% among whites, indicating a significant financial literacy gap. African-Americans make up 13% of the U.S. population, yet financial literacy gaps exist across this demographic group, regardless of gender, age, income level, or degree of education. And that is a, a key point that Stephanie Bell Rose, who's the head of the TIAA Institute, said, because it doesn't matter if you have a degree, it doesn't matter what your income is, it doesn't matter what your gender is, it doesn't matter what your age is, there is a significant financial literacy gap across all platforms. So she says, and I quote, it is imperative that we continue to shed light on this challenge in order to better map a course for financial success. All right. Our research finds that African-Americans tend to exhibit lower financial well-being than the U.S. white population. Given the strong link between financial literacy and financial well-being, increased financial knowledge can lead to improved financial capability and behaviors, okay? 
that's what the research shows right now we have another insight it says african americans with greater financial literacy are less likely to be debt constrained right so the higher your financial literacy the less burdened you are with unnecessary debt now the different areas of financial literacy this is a key slide right here and again we're going to break this down in more uh videos but for now i just want to give a summary of these particular eight areas that we need to focus on number one when it comes to financial literacy is self-motivation every day you have to wake up and you have to be motivated you have to find something that drives you that pushes you that really moves you to to work and not only work but to think about what you're going to do with your money are you just going to spend it on nike prada gucci birkin bags or are you really thinking about five years from now i want to own a business i want to be able to travel first class i want to own properties i want to be able to have my own buildings etc etc number two budget planning we talked about the two different kinds of budgets the 50 20 30 and the 70 20 10 consumption habits we kind of touched on that a little bit four debt administration five savings six risk management seven investments and eight retirement plans and assurance all right so wealth management i'm going to do a whole show just on wealth management and different people you can go to to help you uh manage your wealth or your money um but the the key thing that they focus on is assets trade profit they do a lot of financial planning they definitely take stock of cash flow um, money as well as investment now these are some of the the challenges when it comes to wealth management is um the ability to increase focus on core competencies right accelerate time to market which is new products or access to new markets improving data management making sure that you're tracking your money every single penny you know i'm going to keep saying that every single penny um i've had people um tell me you know you make six figures why do you have a 2007 car or you know why are you worried about you know not getting paid 200 from youtube when you make six figures well the this is what people need to understand is that you need to be accountable and that's what accountants do um there's a really good youtuber named um the real jt the accountant uh, we're going to be reviewing some of his videos as well because we're going to do a lot of discussions about accounting so this channel is going in a completely different direction um starting today and um also we need to be flexible because things happen in life you know for example um my car broke down about a month ago right so that was an unexpected expense so you have to be flexible you have to have money put away for emergencies um you know you can't always assume that the car that you have today is going to be running next week right um also you need to be able to um you know quickly scale up or down operations so this is specifically focusing on you know operating a business right you need to be able to quickly scale up if you are a business owner i can't tell you how many people have businesses they have products that people want but you know they don't have a website up or they're not focused on constantly updating their website and this is something that i'm working on because i've had websites up you know for a long time and i might let let two or three months go by not update my website not send out emails so operations is key to the business right and some of these things we need to actually automate so um automating 
your your email list, right? You can automate when you want to send emails out. You can automate um, when you want to upload videos. Let's say you're promoting a product. You don't necessarily have to do everything in real time, right? So let's um, continue. Now, I'm going to end with this, right? So recently there was a Fox News whistleblower um, who complained that she was not allowed to cover Bitcoin on her show. And so the assistant news director at Fox 26, she did not want um, the Fox News host to actually cover Bitcoin because she says Bitcoin for a poor African-American audience at 5 p.m. is probably not going to play. So these news networks, these people that that study demographics, these people on Fox News, CNN, all the ma major news networks, they don't even want to cover Bitcoin because they're saying that black people are poor and they don't care about Bitcoin. So that's showing you right there that there's a problem in our community because we have a white woman that's willing to cover Bitcoin for the urban audience at 5 p.m. She's willing to talk about it. She's willing to cover it. But she has executives and directors telling her that black people simply are financially illiterate and they don't care about Bitcoin. So that's a huge problem. That's definitely a huge problem. And that's something that we can change. Right. And that's the purpose of me starting this podcast and shifting my channel into a completely different direction. So um, with that being said, our next podcast is going to focus on those eight areas of financial um, management, right? These different benefits to financial management and, you know, planning, retirement planning, intelligence, spending plans, education planning, asset allocation, coordinating with other black or, you know, professionals of any race, as well as charitable giving strategies. So we're going to focus on those eight areas in our next show. And we will also be talking about solutions because we can't we we know what the problem is, but we need to focus on solutions. Right. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning into this. I'm in tech podcast. My name is Shaquem Harris and I will see you guys in the next show. Peace.